0: School should be the safest place to fail, right? Because it's a practice for life. Yeah. School is a practice for life. Unfortunately, many children experience the reverse of that, that you're, and you're written off, and, and not by the teachers deliberately, just by the system. My
1: name is Nick Nagaku and you are locked into Culture TV. For the culture, by the culture. Let's go. Andrew, thank you so much for coming down today. You're welcome. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm very good. Yeah, very good. It's not like we didn't go out for dinner last night. No, it
0: was good dinner, wasn't it? It was. was Yeah, nice. Enjoyed it.
1: So, for the sake of our listeners, obviously we've we've known each other a while and we've got a really great friendship. But for the sake of our our viewers and listeners, um, you have been in education for 21 years. You're the senior director of learning at Discovery currently. I am. And something that we have discussed over it over the time that we've, that we've known each other, but I thought was a very interesting con- conversation to have on a show like Culture. Um, what is it about the culture in school? And I don't mean, I don't mean what the teachers, I don't mean like your, your, your times tables and your ABCs. Mm. What, what mm. I mean is like, what is it about how the culture in your school shapes who you are as a person forever well it does it really does it's that hidden
0: curriculum bit you know the bit that lies well, what do you mean by hidden
1: curriculum well i always I call it you that. Say this a lot, i
0: know what? i say it a lot actually i think what i mean is um what lies behind the grade is yeah. you know attitudes behaviors yeah. character you yeah. know how you're formed and forged really mm. and i think that's can be to a degree influenced by what you're taught in terms of the the visible curriculum, yeah. but I think it's even more influenced by the invisible stuff, yeah. which is the relationships that you have with with your teachers and with each other, yeah. the different sort of daily interactions. Mm-hmm. You know how how I keep coming back to how we do things around here, which is which is cultural rather than uh, curriculum based. You can't you can't codify these things and yeah. systematize them and and rank them and 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 so forth. I think they're just it's part of I mean, a Philip Jackson, brilliant author, would say it's, it's learning to live in a crowd, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and I think those are exactly, the things that yeah. are the lasting and lessons that we learn really Is there enough school.
1: importance put on it? Like, you can go through life um, and you may well be academically, yeah. on paper, yeah. extremely bright. Mm. But if you lack the ability to form, develop, engage, and grow relationships with people, like... So true how do you how can you ever work your way through life and and is school put uh, is the education system putting en- enough emphasis on the fact that we need to help and support and educate young people into becoming functioning yeah quite. collaborative quite. Pro- positive productive members of society rather than
0: well I think it gets back to what school is for at the end of the day and i think maybe to a certain ex- extent i think we're still somewhat stymied by the original uh, assumptions as to what the purpose of school is and
1: what, what were the original well if you
0: go back i mean i know there's been obviously independent schools and things around for hundreds and hundreds of years you know in certain uh, other schools that have been around for centuries but really if you look at sort of state education in the uk yeah that dates back to just over 150 years to 1870 Forster's State
1: Act State education yeah
0: so maintain sector schools so schools that are government funded to 1870 which is the Education Reform Act Forster's Act William Forster it's called Forster's Act and then if you look back then and it was a benevolent thing to do so I'm not about to sort of rip it to shreds by any means I mean it was a brilliant thing to bring children uh, well let's put it bluntly down from chimneys and out of workhouses in where they were doing jobs that were far too you know they were far too young to be doing to give them an education um, and was that compulsory and, then indeed and it was suggested at the time implicitly that um in order to make sure that we maintained our standing in the world our status in the world as an industrial powerhouse that we were Mm -hmm. we needed more white collar workers rather than just blue collar workers and what i mean by that is we need those who are able to um use those sort of Admin skills of reading and writing and calculating and all those different things are important uh, As important as the other skills that were being used But it was felt that we needed to increase the academic intelligence of our children Mm -hmm. We needed a a better educated workforce which would lead to a more prosperous economy, you know Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent that's true and that's been borne out but to another degree that's a myopic view of what education is about. It's not yeah. just about the three R's, is it? You know, it's not yeah. just arithmetic. Well, I call it reading, writing, and regurgitating. It isn't just that. That's important. But I think we're now beginning to see that, hang on a minute. If you were to start again with a new act that mandated education for everybody, yeah. would you say that the purpose of that is to deliver an academic intelli- an academic education?
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know that you would actually. Why? Well, because I think there's a great many other aspects of life That require more than that. I mean, as someone said to me not long ago, an A star in in maths is brilliant. Mm -hmm. But how does that help your marriage? How does that work? How does that work? Somebody tell me, you know, an an A in geography is brilliant, but how does that make you a better friend? You know, a a, a, a B in English, you know, fantastic, difficult subject, well done. How does that make you a a better partner? Well, the answer to that is, well, it was never intended to help with that. Mm. Okay, so which part of the curriculum is?
1: Mm. Do you know what I mean? But how do you teach that? well you model it i mean this is the thing this who would is be what... the teacher that says i'm really great at being a good citizen <laughs> <laughs>
0: well that's what teachers have to do you know yeah. but it is i mean it's it's a big ask because as a teacher you're not just a knowledge delivery system you know yeah It'd be easier if you were frankly but you're yeah. not you're not and nobody wants to be just that so you're not just there to deliver the curriculum you're there to model yeah uh, I don't like the phrase, but, you know, good citizenship, you know, yeah. uh, you know how to uh, look after yourself yeah. and others, you know, how to preserve, I think, the most important thing in life, which for me has always been self-worth. Mm. I, mean, I don't mean I'm very good at it, but <laughs> self-worth is the thing you need. Because yeah. it's from self-worth that leads to self-discipline, and then you can reach your potential. So there's all those things. And your question is, can you teach it? Well, I think you model it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you create a culture in school. Yeah. Which kind of allows those things to flourish yeah. without grading them. <laughs> yeah. The moment you start grading things, it stifles growth, doesn't it? You know, I think grading, sorting, and ranking is.
1: Do you think they should be grading maths and English, science, etc.?
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not anti-grading. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is that if you value other things in school as well such as character education, you know, yeah. collaboration, cooperation, 21st century schools, it goes on,
1: yeah.
0: um, knowledge of the environment and yeah. so forth. Just because you value it doesn't necessarily mean that it should automatically lead to a grading system mm-hmm. you know, and an assessment program. Mm-hmm. I suppose what I'm getting at is it is perfectly possible to value things in school mm-hmm. without then having the default setting of, well, we need to, we need to rush into an assessment program then to, yeah. to grade it. Because at the moment you start doing that, I think, children will just believe that they're the sum of their grades and they're yeah. not. They're not. They never were. They I never think were. It's,
1: it's interesting like when as an adult I can empathize a lot more with the role and responsibility of a teacher and the pressure that, that <laughs> comes with that. It's not an easy job. As a child in oh, school I terrorized their teachers yeah. and I hated <laughs> them. I, mean, I took great- Why? Why did you not like them then? Um, I didn't. I was the most anti-authoritarian. Yeah, quite. person. Probably going. I mean, I still am. That's why I work for myself. I mean, but I think, I think I'm naturally that way. But I think life in itself sort of pushed me further. Yeah. Down down that route. You're driven. Got yeah. Your
0: own sort of self motivation, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 here's the thing, though. You see, because it's changed so much. what what's changed well i think just the way that children live and learn has changed and i'll just explain very briefly why i think that yeah it's no longer the case and i think it's this is refreshing to say this i'm pleased that it's no longer the case that you you will respect your elders yeah. <laughs> you know children are, uh, 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 but why do you it? think it's not the case seen and not heard well well, first of all, it was the case because in Victorian England, you've got to remember that when the 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 state the education act came out. It was yeah. Victorian England with different values, different culture, different way of doing things, perhaps. Yeah. And a different role for children. Well, look, for a, a myriad of different factors and reasons, and I'm not blaming blame, I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. The way that children learn now mm. and interact with adults is somewhat different. So they will not automatically sit in silence and listen to a soliloquy from you at the front of the class. Were, <laughs> you've got to get there to invest and engage. Yeah. Why? Well, <clears throat> they com- You're competing with a whole myriad of other
1: different media. Social media.
0: That's the point, you're yeah. competing with that. So you have to sell it. Mm. You have to sell learning. You have to sell knowledge yeah. and growth to the kids in ways that <clears throat> arguably it didn't. I mean, when people say to me, what do, I, what do I do? And I say a teacher, they'd say, well, what do you teach? Now I could either say English or I could say children. I'm not yeah. being facetious about that, and I yeah. tend to say children because that's my that's my that's my specialist knowledge. If you yeah. like, it's not it's not the delivery of the subject that yeah. matters as much to me as how that child's receiving it and how they can flourish. You know. Yeah. So I think it's a different job as a teacher now. You have to sell it, mm. whether you like it or not. You do. You've got to really sell it. You've got to get them to invest. It's not just about engagement. It's it's investment. Yeah. You want them to in- invest in themselves. You know.
1: And And invest in that education in in a sense as well, isn't it? Yeah. And care about it.
0: Well, that's the bit. That's the bit that you don't see. And see see. a
1: value in it.
0: I mean, I'm old enough and ugly enough to remember um, Grange Hill. (laughs) Um, Brilliant television series. Uh, (laughs) And of course, it's not like that anymore. And what I mean by that is it isn't just the case that, you know, all the kids sit at the back, and they hate the teachers, and the mm. teachers don't like the students anyway. And we just—we've yeah. we, all got an agenda. We've got to get on with it, so we, we might as well get on with it. You know, it's no longer the case to say, as a teacher, I will—I will deliver this curriculum, mm. and whether you accept it and learn from it not, or not is a matter for you. I'm not saying that all teachers would have once said that, but certainly there was a much more traditional model. Now it's—it's it's a collaborative experience, and you need to really. Get the children on side. Yeah. Because it, ultimately, they are their own best teachers and critics and reviewers and everything. It's 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 internal motivation that you're after, not extrinsic, you know. Yeah. Children won't do it just because I tell them to. Yeah. And if they don't do it when I tell them to. Yeah. Well, what sanctions do I have? What can I do? Yeah. And th- and, and children have realized that now. Yeah. And that's a good thing, by the way. Well, they know way. you can't do anything. Well, precisely, make me, you know. Yeah. Well, okay. You sort of scratch your head a bit and think, Well, okay, that's a fair point. How back, can I make back it? Back in the this day work? you would be able to cane them. Well and, and people would say people would say back in the day maybe kids respected the adults. I don't think they did.
1: It's no, just that we had different them.
0: Well, that's a difference, you see. That's yeah. the difference. And I'm I for one, I'm delighted that I'm teaching now.
1: Well if rather we look at the result back then. If we look at the result of that, of that, let's say kids from the sixties and seventies, yeah, now run the world today. And has the world ever been in a worse place since World War II? It's 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 a Possibly matter I discuss not.
0: with people all the time. Actually, and I people feel who quite come bitter out of that it.
1: education system, running our current government, the governments around, not just the UK education system will mirror well, a, a lot it's of a bloody mess. A lot of what was happening in other yeah, countries, yeah, I America. That.
0: You talk to a well-informed, you know, switched-on, engaged eighteen-year-old now. Mm. By golly, they will tell you what the future could and should look like. Yes. They really will, actually. And fair play to them, because we've stuffed it up, frankly. Mm. And the idea that you know middle-aged blokes like me sit around a table, middle-aged men or women yeah. like me sit around a table to think, how are we going to prepare our students for the future? It's absolutely guff, because mm. they are the future. Mm. I'm going to switch into a Whitney Houston song any minute now. Yeah. I know I am. <laughs> I, I know I'm about to do it. And yeah. I've actually done this on stage before, actually. Yeah. Accidentally, I started saying, I believe that children are the future teach them well, and let them lead the way. You didn't think yeah. I was going to do this. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think I was going to do this. Uh, anyway, it goes on, actually. And, I, I, okay, I'm not. maybe I'm not a huge Whitney Houston fan, yeah. honest. But I tell you what, it's a good message to say that the children, but the moment you say children are the future, mm-hmm. I mean, that just sounds like BS. Well, of course they are. I mean, they're going to well, yeah. outlive me. But what I suppose I'm trying to say is they have the requisite attitudes and skills and uh, for their time. Mm-hmm. And we are forged in a different era and mm. we somehow try and meet them in the middle. Mm. And that's why progress is slow because mm. we have to catch up. Yeah. What would happen if we said, okay, show us, mm. show us bits and bobs here. I don't mean just discover learning for yourself. I'm not, yeah. I'm not as trendy as that. But uh, there are elements in learning that I think the kids can teach me. Yeah. And not assume that I'm the all knowledgeable
1: one, you know, the all knowing one in the classroom. Yeah. So I think that's why progress can be slow. But I think I, I think it's interesting because for like someone like yourself, and then you know, like a a ten year old boy in the world today. Like when you were ten, the world would have been like, no offence, but it would have been a very different place than it, than it than it is. Well, let's today. look at that.
0: I mean, let's. I, I don't mind admitting yeah. that. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm 100 and 103. 104, you know. nearly. 104, <laughs> nearly. No, I don't mind. I don't mind admitting this. So when I was ten, yeah, I hadn't yet got my ZX eighty one. What's that? One kit. <laughs> What's that? So it's my 1K computer. What 1K of what? I don't know what that means, but you know what that means. 1K means it's very small. What does I mean, 1K this, mean, Mark? This is before the land of meg- megabytes. Kil- kilobyte. One kilobyte? One kilobyte. kilobyte. ZX a 81. kilobyte? Yeah, 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 yeah. So 1K. So the computer only could yeah, store yeah. a kilobyte. Yeah, well, well I, but I hadn't even had I it. Watch watched those more but than that. We, we didn't even have computers until, so I'm, I'm saying I hadn't even got my ZX81 okay. yet. And then it would lead to a ZX Spectrum and then a, a Commodore 64. I remember Commodore is, 64. This is in my teens, yeah. yeah. So, so when I was 10, so we didn't have that. Obviously there were no phones, so therefore there's no social media. There's obviously no internet, anything like that. I literally said to my mum and dad after school, I'm off out. I'm off yeah. out on my bike.
1: Yeah.
0: On my striker, you yeah. know, and then my brother had a grifter. You know, yeah. Um, the kid over the road had a chopper. You know,
1: yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm
0: just sounding all nostalgic and old and irrelevant now, but it was so different. The
1: strikers and choppers are still about.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, there you go. I'm quite cool. All yeah. Suddenly, I mean, I've well, sort of come round. But it's different. It's a different. It's a different world. Yeah. So, but and yet the pace of change has been so exponential, so quick in so other, so many other areas of the way we live. Apart from school, I've got to say, mm. the dynamic. How I would describe what school is to an alien, which is always my test. I've never had to do it yet. I hope to do it someday. Describe what school is. I think largely it hasn't changed, which is developing academic intelligence, showing that you've done that through academic qualification, and encouraging the children to work through rewards if they do and sanctions if they don't. Now, that, in a nutshell, is how school is fashioned. And we all know, we all know in education that school has a much, much, bigger and better role to play in children's lives than just that yeah but find it well that's hard where is it because mm. it's it's not visible because that's the curriculum
1: yeah
0: it's hidden mm. it's hidden and i remember i mean i'm I, i'm sorry to hear that your school experience was bad but if i speak to other creative entrepreneurs like you and i don't mm. know many but i do know a few yeah. creative entrepreneurs who are very successful in business everyone that i know mm. who's in that sort of um field role that yep. field says that their success is despite their school what a shame mm. wouldn't it be great if they said and this is because of my schooling
1: I think because in the crea- Why is that? was it squashed with creativity squashed what was it you know um well my journey here is through <laughs> through rap music so right. I mean yeah. it's a it's in a. am going to ask you what's that well <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an alternative route I mean to to yeah, building I mean. a business like 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 this and to you know, to do it through through music is an unconventional route to getting it. Mm. Um and that that wasn't intentional either, that just it just happened, like I didn't plan for that. That's just the way the as I was rolling out, you know, the cards on the poker table, they just go, oh, well you do this and then you'll do this and then you'll do and then, you know, I'm not here I am, do you know what I mean? But I think I was always very creative from from a child and I've always been like business minded I was doing Car washes yeah. from eight years old and stuff like that. So, the two I've always had the two skills, I've always been like that. My dad's very business minded, he's Indian, can't help it. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> but like, um, in school, I would say that neither of those things were really yeah, encouraged. What I thought you were gonna say, and they were the two things that made me me, yeah, they made you, they, they meant something to you. I, well, I enjoyed maths a little bit, I enjoyed it, well, it was um, relevant, yeah. And I did enjoy maths, I don't know why, but I did I quite quite like numbers. Um, I enjoyed English, um, especially like writing poems and stuff like that because it, it was like... Yeah, it was all lyrics. Yeah, it was the same. Um, but apart from... And history, I enjoyed history. I'm a big history geek. Yeah, you still are, actually. Yeah, You're my,
0: banging on about history. Oh, Every time team. we speak,
1: you Give me some history lessons. Yeah, I'll know, I'm That and aliens is like it's it's terrible. Yeah, that's true.
0: It's, but how how <sighs> strange that you've kind of come around to that. Yeah. Because I actually bunked off most of my science lessons when I was a kid for two reasons. One is they were at the top of the uh, top of the teaching block, and I had terrible terrible vertigo, so I was terrified about going up there. And the other the other reason is, frankly, the science teacher that I had at the time was boring. Yeah. And so I actually bunked off to my uh, father's uh, allotment shed, yeah. which was next to the school. Uh, With a little packet of silk cut and a little box of matches with tissue paper in it, so you couldn't hear the incriminating. Yeah, yeah. And I'd run and have that, you know. And now, years later, I've got four kids. That's why I look so knackered all the time. And one of them, Ed, is properly into science. Oh, really? And I have, oh, properly, uh, astrophysics and all that stuff. And I have discussions with Ed about science. And here I am, many, many years later, thinking, why did I miss those science lessons? Mm. Science is absolutely captivating. Yeah. So it's how it's sold. It's how it's sold, isn't it, to you? And I just think it's a shame that in your particular case, certain subjects were kind of almost shut to you, really,
1: at such an early age because well, they, cause just they weren't, weren't sold to you, maybe. They just like. weren't really available. Like, oh, really, right. And They just weren't like... I don't know. It's, I wasn't one for attending school either. Like, I was... I was I was not there more than I was there. So what would have got you into school? What
0: would have made a difference in how how? So so the 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 the, the eleven year old Nick now. Yeah. You know what what can I do to get you into school? How I do think, I get you into school?
1: Um. I think I think it's I think there's two parts to it. I think it's what's happening in the school and what's happening at home. Yeah. It and I, I think th- there needs to be there needs to be a relationship between both.
0: Yes. Yeah, spot on. There's because a golf at the moment in some schools.
1: Yeah, and my, my my personal life and my home life was quite was quite turbulent, it was quite it was it was very right. dysfunctional right. to say the least. Right. <laughs> um so that because my, my home life was was so dysfunctional um I took that with me. So bringing a dysfunctional mentality into a place that's very functional was like putting a square peg into a round hole. And there was no, that that functionality of school was so rigid that there was no room for fluidity within that. Brut, right. you saved yourself. So I think when you come from a dysfunctional background, which a lot of people do, um, especially, you know, uh, at that age, you, you, know, you know, life happens. And, you know, that's what happens to a lot of people. So bringing that into a school environment, which is designed to be, as you said, like the whole William Forster original layout of it, it is, it is a rigid, robotic process. Yeah, it's a production line. It's, it's a, production a production line.
0: line. It's a factory line. Mass production. So it. then it's you've a,
1: got a faulty- Standardization. You've got a faulty product going on the conveyor belt, essentially, or one that, that wants to do things differently. But that worked.
0: You see, that production line, that Victorian assembly line- worked in other aspects of our lives of course it did that's why we we became so successful in the victorian era yeah. so it worked so why wouldn't it work with people why wouldn't it work with people you well, see so because, the same approach was well precisely we're not cookies yeah. so the cookie cutter doesn't work but those those um factors if you like those aspects of education which is mass production mm-hmm. standardization which is required yeah and quality control well, those three elements are still very real in education yeah. too. But that's okay. That's all well and good if you put widgets on them. But we're not widgets. No. We're people. Is. So I can see. But I, I think rather than continue to be critical of of education, I think we should also recognize how much it's improved. Yeah. I mean, we're now properly having Ofsted inspectors coming yeah. into schools to ask us to report meaningfully on attitudes, behaviors, personal development, well-being. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's fantastic that Absolutely. we're now doing that. Yeah. That's the hidden bit. Yeah. That's the hidden curriculum that's happening. All it's working away.
1: Well, I feel like that as the new generation of teachers and head teachers are, are are getting in there and the old the old lot, you know, the you know, the, the people who were born in the fifties and the forties and whatnot, who who were the old headmasters like? They would have been the headmasters when I was at school in the you know, in the nineties and whatnot. Like they they they're retiring, and it's like it's the next generation of teachers. People like yourself, who are now who are a bit more forward thinking, who are who are who are, who, are, who are whose eyes are open to the fact that there's more to school than just ABCs C's and and timetables well, think- and.
0: I'm going to say I, I'm going to say a little word in defence of those of those older teachers actually because I do because I think some of them I mean if you you know we've all seen the brilliant Mr Chips you know it so is, I I, th- I think if well maybe we haven't all seen the brilliant Mr what, Chips what's but, Mr you know, Chips so it's a, a classic classic film of a, a brilliant 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 I've teacher i really I'm sure brilliant brilliant teacher It was actually a remake as well but, okay um, where so so what I'm saying I suppose is that you know from Victoria, well no pre-Victorian times, because some schools have been around for centuries. So for, for eons and eons, there have been teachers who care, yeah. who love, oh, who course. genuinely care about the well-being of their child. But the day-to-day agenda mm-hmm. was always the three R's. Right. So they were somewhat stymied by the fact that this is what I need to be seen to be doing, mm-hmm. but I know that this is landing... Uh, On a child who needs care, who needs Mm. understanding, who needs sympathy and everything, which may may some of which may have been happening if you're having a turbulent time at the time. So the teachers knew the difference is we are now being encouraged to talk to children about their mental health and well-being like we Mm. weren't before. We're also being given license to talk about these things. So it's not that teachers have become more caring and before they were less caring.
1: Yeah. I think they just didn't there's have- There's a the mandate now to yeah. actually do that. Well, we
0: reckon, well, because we're, t- we're all about teaching the whole child. I mean, why yeah. would you just teach from the neck up? Yeah. Why would you just teach their head? Yeah. That's, that's, that's bonkers. That doesn't yeah. make sense to me. It's all connected. Yeah. So you have to have heart-centered education, yeah. motivation, which is in your belly, you know. Yeah. It's all those other things which come together in this synthesis of a functioning person. Right. And that's why I think n- there's never been a more exciting time to be, t- teach there's never been a more difficult time to teach why mm-hmm. well because you're competing with all the outside influences as well i mean john dewey very famous uh, uh, deceased now but a, a very famous american educationist and author yeah said the problem with school is that what the child learns in school is seldom used outside right. and what the child learns outside
1: mm-hmm.
0: is very rarely used inside school yeah and you just said that there's yeah. a gulf yeah. between what you're learning at home and what means what 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 are what's meaningful for you at home yeah what's important and relevant at home and then what's important and relevant in school and there's a there's a bit of a gulf there yeah and now i think we're beginning to see no you need to it's the whole life yeah you need to sort of you know teach in ways which resonate with with kids today yeah which is not going to be a, a 30 minute rant from the
1: front while the children listen and then copy from the board i it think it's going to be like i that. think the image of teachers is changing as well within society i think for for many years, people always thought teachers were really well paid and just did it for the holidays and whatnot. <laughs> but I think it's becoming much more common knowledge that actually teachers don't get paid that well. No, no. And compared to what we could They anyway. work pretty hard and it's a very difficult job. And I think in the pandemic, actually, um, as difficult yeah, as it has, it has been did. for teachers, I think, you know, they've, they've come through shining, really, because, you know, they were frontline key workers at the end of the day. They were... They were taking responsibility for children of key workers who are making sure that the country still still operates
0: i i could not agree more i could not and fair play and hats off to them and i, and I joined discovery education in 20 towards the end of 2019 i didn't see the pandemic coming uh, at all that's not why i did it but i i i i joined discovery to lead on professional development and all that stuff as you know but people have said since i i left the most recent headship. I bet you're glad you're not in headship anymore during a pandemic. And of course, I'd be lying if part, if, if I didn't say that part of me is relieved that I don't yeah. have to deal with that. But uh, the majority of me, actually, genuinely, misses that and wishes I was part of the war effort. If you like, yeah. Why? Well, because I. Our oath, our Hippocratic oath, if you like, if we we're in medicine, mm. you know, in teaching our Hippocratic oath, our mantra is we act in loco parentis, right? So we act in place of parents yeah. during the day, which means a prerequisite for the job is that you love the kids. Right. You'd never be able to do this job if you didn't. It's yeah. hard enough if you do. And you can't switch that off. Yeah. You can't just switch it off. And during a global pandemic, if you've got 30 children in your class and you don't know how they're doing because they're in their apartment or house or flat mm-hmm. or whatever at home and they're not even in school my god you worry about that you know yeah. so hats off to the teachers who managed to and of course what it's done is i think it's it's achieved the effect that now we're back together again mm. we realize that there are the are soft fleshy parts to us it's not just about the academic intelligence yeah. it's when you, when you face an existential threat like that, which we have, and many families listen to this will have suffered, you know, proper terrible bereavement, yeah. you know, and threats and risks and all that stuff. Well, it's about our health. Let's get the basics in yeah. Maslow's hierarchy needs. Let's talk about, you know, food <laughs> water, and water and shelter and mm-hmm. clothing and warmth and love and care. and we'll, And then eventually we might get to academic mm-hmm. academic education, but let's let's put the basics in first. Yeah. You know? And I think it's actually reminded everybody that we are, at the end of the day, we're not knowledge delivery systems, you know. Uh, we're actually humans, we're yeah. people, you know. And I, I, lo- I, I like the fact that that's happened now. Yeah. And so we have, most schools now will have a wellbeing hub. Yeah. They'll have a mental health and wellbeing programme. Yeah. They'll have ways in which they're upskilling and training their staff so mm-hmm. that they become much more efficient and proficient at supporting the whole child. That's teaching. That's mm. what teaching's about. Yeah. You can't have a maths lesson with a little child who's going through torment at home yeah. and being I'd picked on in the them classroom. To learn. Well, <laughs> this is it. You yeah. can't. You exactly right. You can't then talk to them about simultaneous equations or Oxbow Lakes or bloody adverbial phrases or whatever you have got to talk about, which is in the curriculum for mm. today, the learning objective for today, if they're not in a place to do so. Mm. If they're not, you know, uh, their health and wellbeing. Because children learn, I think, certainly younger children learn in their emotion. They learn through their emotional state. It's unconscious. Yeah. So much of learning is unconscious. It's subconscious. Yeah. It isn't even conscious. They're learning almost in that sort of dreamlike state yeah. that we might be in as adults when we dream, if you yeah. like, or where we sort of switch off. Yeah. And so uh, I think a discrete and you know formal lesson plan, and this is a learning objective, we're going to learn about verbs today. That's a kind of a transaction that, isn't necessarily going to work if they don't, if they're not in the right place to do it. Yeah. So you have to sort that out first, you know, because that's what lasts. Yeah. Rather than um, knowledge of the curriculum. I'm not knocking knowledge.
1: No, of course. course. (laughs) But I think, (laughs) I think, I think think what what we're both saying here is that, yeah, exactly. I mean, is there anything more important? Really? I mean, reading and writing, obviously it's massively important because you won't be able to get through life without it. But, Well, predictive text, we probably would.
0: I'm going to challenge you on that, actually, which is an odd thing for me to challenge you because it's a relatively recent phenomenon, you know, this idea of... reading and writing? Yeah, I mean, that's not the reason why we survived on the planet this long. It's not the reason why we're in this elite... No, but I think... 0.0% or
1: whatever, 0.1% or whatever it is. Well, with the technological changes. For example, okay, so if we look... How long we've been here? 200,000 years, okay? Human beings. Well, you're better at history than me. Okay, so we... Okay, well... (laughs) According to my knowledge, we've been here for about 180 about right. to 200,000 years. During that time, which I find mind-blowing, we've done nothing up until about 10,000 years ago, or well, 12,500 years ago, when civilization appears to have
0: yes, that word, civilization, come out of the ashes.
1: Yeah. And agriculture, essentially, was, right. the, was the change. Pre- 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 previous to that, we were nomadic. So we'd be traveling the coastlines, fishing, parasiting all resources, <laughs> moving on and that's essentially how how human beings it's operated too, for yeah. 170 odd thousand years I, i'm not sure i believe that because that but that's what history tells. that's the official stance on history there is um alternative history people like graham hancock who say civilizations actually much much older than the past twelve thousand years um and if you look at stuff like the sphinx and tobekli Tepe and stuff like that, it might appear to be way older um that's a different conversation. Point being, if over the past um, 12,000 years, 10,000 years, we've developed agriculture. From agriculture, mm. it's allowed mm. us to develop villages. Villages yeah. allowed us to de- develop towns. Towns allowed us to develop cities. But essentially, it allowed human beings to collaborate in large numbers bigger than 150, which was actually the the, the cap that you could move around as a tribe without it becoming wow. a community wow. with hierarchy and structure. Um, that's so, interesting yeah so that, that's essentially how we, we became a people who could stay in one place irrigate the land pr- feed the land have have livestock and stay there permanently and, and none it,
0: of that required reading and writing did it or, or not it?
1: originally no but as it developed so then as society got bigger the it became more complex So the Sumerians were the first people around 6,000 BC, 5,000 BC to introduce court system. Uh, They introduced the education system. They introduced the sewage and water supply system. They introduced reading and writing. They were the first to do that and maths. Um, And it was originally in like symbolic form on clay tablets or whatnot. And that gradually progressed into papyrus, into the ancient Egyptians and further on into ancient Greek, Greek, into Aramaic and Hebrew, and then the whole Middle Eastern and languages into where we are today. But that's, as far as we know, that is the uh, origin of, of reading and writing. And it was, if you look at the arrival of reading and writing, it marries up very much with the arrival of civilization.
0: Well, that's fascinating, absolutely fascinating to me. And we need to talk more about that because yeah, yeah. I'm learning a lot here and I love learning but- <laughs> Does that mean that the art, is that when the, so when civilization, as we know it, came along, is that when the idea of scholarship, you know, came along, of studying? And because those words now, and to a certain extent, education are synonymous with this idea of, of, of writing, yeah of reading. But for me, the broader definition of education is not in any way. Only fixed to this idea of scholarship, of, of study, study skills. There's there's a myriad d- think, different ways I in think, which you
1: learn. I think it's the it idea. Ignore, of, really. I think it's I think it is as society becomes less horizontal and it becomes more hierarchical or, or uh, pyramid like. Mm. Scholarship essentially it differentiates people from the learned and the unlearned. Yeah, very much so. So you people who were the much land. So. yeah, Yeah, yeah. And you people who without create the laws. Those skills, yeah. Yeah. So how do you share information without reading and writing? And I think as as we introduced an education system that was fought, that was compulsory in eighteen seventy, like like you said earlier, I think it goes to show that society had become so complex and so much more than a two-tier system of the learned and the yep. unlearned, the the manual labourers and the non-manual labourers. There's so much in between that that
0: it's that hierarchy that I have a problem with. Really, I, I, I
1: I'm one,
0: uncomfortable with that because does it not mean that there are some children who, who may not necessarily have a natural talent, and why should they for, for 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 literacy, for reading and writing particularly well, and yet immensely gifted. In other areas, in other skills that are just as valued, just yeah. as valuable, if not more so actually, than being a scholar. Than well, if being for somebody example, who's if,
1: you, if you suffer from dyslexia, yeah, and you, you know, you, yeah, the, the concept of, of reading them. and writing is very difficult. I've got a friend who's extremely dyslexic, yeah, um, and he struggles with like he can't do social media, so he doesn't have the interact. He doesn't keep up with his friends as much. He doesn't keep up with trends as much because he's. You know, the concept of reading something is just, it, it's, it's, daun- it's daunting for him. So he can watch a film, he can watch videos and all that, obviously, no problem there. But if, when it comes to reading, writing, and communicating, and being proactive in communication, which primarily comes through this, yeah, it does. It then it does. becomes a problem. So that, that's why I think that <laughs> to not be able to read and write, in oh, a, yeah, of course. where we spend our lives on WhatsApp,
0: yeah, you're, a, you're a, a massive disadvantage if you can't do that. Yeah. But there's ways in which you can do that and and define what it means to read them. I and I've had lots of parents over the years that say, "Oh, my my son doesn't read, and my daughter doesn't. Mm. Is not a reader." Well, hang on a minute. Let's just look into that. Yeah. They may not be plowing through Anna Karenin every night. You know what I mean? <laughs> they might not be learning you know, War and Peace or something. Yeah. But they are <laughs> always reading. They might be reading, I don't know, game game cheats. Yeah. Getting codes so they can cheat on the game. I don't know what they're reading, but they clearly might be stuck to their phone. Or they might actually be reading your expression right now because yeah. they're good at they're good at that sort of reading, reading yeah. people. Yeah. You know, or there's some children that I've met who are very very gifted readers of the ball, readers of the game. Yeah, in midfield,
1: they'll just read the game you know so that's, beautifully. That's, that's interesting, isn't it? How define reading? Because the word read—that's uh, a good one, right? So read, R- reading someone's body language, reading someone's behaviour, reading someone's energy. Yeah, yeah, it's just as important. And Okay, here's one for you. What is more important, right? Reading and ra- reading in the conventional sense, or reading a person? Which would get? Which would you <laughs> be completely effed without? <laughs> oh God! Well,
0: again, it's just kind of an arbitrary sort of sorting and ranking, now, isn't it? Really, this is what we do, isn't it? Uh, oh, I would not want to be without. The ability to read. No, I'm going to switch at the end, actually. I was about to say, I would not want to be without without the ability to read people. Of course, I wouldn't. But even even worse than that, I think, would be to be denied any sort of access to the written word. Yeah. Really, I think. Well, I... I it's an arbitrary division. I can't really divide it like that. I'm not even going to ask. I don't know. Pious. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's both, it, isn't it, it? It's an impossible But I know thing. which one is yeah. valued most at the yeah, moment. Well, like, well, and that's well, what I'm uncomfortable with. That's unfair. Well, that's the,
1: the point is that that see, I said to you to choose one of those things. And as you know, an expert in education for 20 odd years, <laughs> yeah. you couldn't. No,
0: no. But our point, education
1: system would suggest that reading and writing towers above any of those things but
0: is that because they're measurable that's the point you see that's the bit it's the measurable and the immeasurable and the immeasurable um in other words your emotional intelligence and your feelings of self-worth and self-belief and your love and your capacity to to care for others and all those important things that make us human are less measurable um and so therefore um if, if it can't be counted, it doesn't count, you know. Yeah. And and people have often quoted back to me the opposite of that, which is a quote from Einstein, which is that not everything that counts can be counted. Mm. And th- that's a champion. That's, that's, that's an argument for the hidden curriculum. But I would challenge that as well, because when people say, well, not everything that counts can be counted, Andrew, I'd say, well, have you tried, actually? Mm. Actually. So I'm not saying that we want to send children home. The reason I bang on about the hidden curriculum all the time is because I think we could do much more now not to measure and percentagize somebody's curiosity levels, right? Mm. So we're not... I don't want my daughter to go home with a B minus in curiosity. That's, that's, that is that's proper BS because that's the teacher's fault because <laughs> B she, minus used to be, she used to be really curious and now she's not. Well, that's yeah. not her fault. That's yeah. the teacher's fault. That's, that, so that, I don't to want that. being bland, that. yeah. Completely. So I don't want that. But I do think I'd like to be given a diagnostic, right, on her levels. Mm-hmm. And I've always banged on about levels. And I'm not talking about her grades, her academic grades. I'm mm. talking about can we come up with a way of commentating mm-hmm. commenting or reporting meaningfully on her levels of self-belief on her levels of uh, cooperation collaboration participation just her levels of self-worth her mm-hmm. levels of curiosity yeah her levels of creativity yeah. all the human facets if you like not all of them quite a few but can we just have a discussion about that <laughs> yeah and not expect me to infer that from a grade yeah because the danger when you infer and try and work out how my child's doing from the academic grades alone. Mm. Is that it's it's too late to mm-hmm. wait until the next term mm-hmm. when you see her grades have gone down yeah. to then scratch our heads and say what's what's wrong with now?
1: Well, well, I had I had a teacher. There's lots of things that might be. You know, I had a teacher. I remember, I remember when I, I remember this. Uh, I was about eight years old, and my mm. mom and dad went to my parents' evening, and my teacher said to them that, and this is like I'm seven, eight, definitely no older than eight, that I'd showed no ability in anything right what this is so sad exactly it's crazy what, right the, 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 what that you'd showed no ability well apparently in her, anything apparently her exact words were he shows no ability in anything whatsoever
0: so you were basically a a, a doorstop pa- a i mean you know a doorstop team, yeah. draft <laughs> excluder i mean i'm trying to think of you purposes for you really well exactly yeah that is desperately sad
1: yeah I mean, this is talking about a seven-year-old child or eight-year-old child, I mean. Well, you were just written off. Yeah, I've, By that, I mean, you only have them for, for a year, don't you? So, I mean, my next teacher, I think, was, was a different experience. But this, but I remember not really connecting with this teacher anyway. i
0: surprised. I think I'd have connected with
1: him in a different way, to be honest. But she had like... Oh, crikey. She, I don't know. But that stuck with me. Because yeah. I made me think, am I thick? Do you know what I mean? What, did you hear this then? My dad, well, my dad just told me. I said, what, what mm. did my teacher say? He said, well, it's how you said this. Basically, you're not good at <laughs> probably, shouldn't, probably shouldn't have told me, but he did tell me. And anyway, it stuck with me. And I remember for a long time, I think I was thinking I'm thick or I'm not very bright or I should be like the bottom of the class. Or... You know, in school, you've got, you got the clever ones. I remember immediately thinking, well, I'm not in that group. So I'm in like the, the non-clever group. And so in the non-clever group is the people we mess about generally.
0: Yeah, because they don't see the point. Otherwise. And then I think
1: that starts a trajectory that you. But you know why you they mess that. about?
0: I think. Well, at least my view on why they mess about is because they're lacking self worth. Yeah. And 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 by the way, the self worth has been beaten them out, beaten out of them. Frankly, yeah. you're not literally. Well, hopefully not literally, but it's it's been kicked out of them. And if you don't have self worth, if you don't if you don't think you're worth anything, mm-hmm. and from that conversation we've just had yeah. at the age of seven or eight, you might have thought you yeah. weren't worth much because the teacher said so. Yeah. And you believe them. Uh, you don't have the next important facet above self-worth, which for me is Mm self-discipline. And if you don't have self-discipline, you're going to mess around because why bother to behave if you're not worth anything? Not many kids
1: have self-discipline. It's still a learned skill, a skill that's learned. I mean, I've only just got it now. (laughs) Nobody's disagreeing here, actually. No one's disagreeing So
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's an important part of... But you see... Can I tell you what happened to me when I was yeah. at, at school? Because it's it's the reason I went into teaching in okay. the first place. So I was a little bit, I was 10 and a half, maybe just 11. Yeah. And my form teacher, whom uh, we all loved very much, he was a great guy, actually. Yeah. We just really liked him. He's just one of those really cool, really cool sort of mid-20s. Yeah. Really good looking, really active, yeah. very sporty. Yeah. And a uh, great teacher and everybody just kind of wanted to be like him. Yeah. Well, I went home on a Friday night, uh, said cheerio to him and to my mates, went yeah. home, came back to school on a Monday morning, went into the classroom mm-hmm. and everybody was uh, in silence. And there were a few people in tears. I'll never forget it. Long as I live, I'll never forget this. I went into the classroom and I said, what, what, what is going on? And my mate uh, came and showed me a little cutting from the morning's. Birmingham Post and Mail because this was in the Midlands and he showed me a little cutting from the newspaper and it said that uh, this, this teacher of ours had uh, been climbing in Snowdonia over the weekend and had fallen and died and it was so sudden so unexpected because teachers don't die they're part of the furniture if you yeah. even see a teacher in Tesco's you just can't quite believe no, it what's no, that yeah. all about they belong in school yeah. they are literally you've got you've got the blackboard the whiteboard you've got you've got the desk you've got the chairs you've got the teacher you've got the books yeah. you've got the pens print sticks they don't die they don't yeah. die. And I was lost. I, I cannot, I mean, I'm upset even thinking about it now. And it was, it just left such a profound effect on me. And it, and we waited in the classroom and we watched the clock move and we saw his empty chair and empty desk. And we just literally sat there looking at his empty chair and registration came and went and nobody came in. And then eventually the deputy head came in, very experienced deputy head, lovely, lovely man. And was. was he was clearly very cut up and upset about it and said you know we just have to get through this you know and uh, and that had a profound effect on me the role that a teacher can play mm. in your life when they're not there you yeah. you know you kind of notice it when they when they've gone and that made me realize what was it we loved about this person was it his his uh, was it the actual curriculum that was he was teaching not particularly mm. although i like the way he sold it to us it was actually just the love he gave us you know yeah. what i mean and um, he he never missed an opportunity to help us feel good about ourselves. Yeah. That's what I, that's what a teacher does. That's yeah. what a teacher does. Do you know what I mean? They will f- see every opportunity during the day to give you those little micro affirmations mm. where you just say, Hey, you've got this. Yeah. And not
1: enough people did that to yeah. you by the size of it at the age of seven. Well that that one bad do you know what I mean? Bad, I had good teachers as well. Just that one particular teacher was bad. But I mean I re- on the opposite end of that, I, I remember teachers from secondary school who were amazing and filled me the other way. So one, one maths teacher in particular, Mr. Addison, if you're watching, mate. Um, but yeah, no, there was... That. <laughs> that's lovely. I had some really good teachers as well. So it, but it just goes to show the power of a teacher on a pupil, isn't it, at the end of the day, whether that's... The, the, a teacher has a power to be such a positive... Yeah, huge opportunity. ...changing influence in in, in a child's life. Yeah,
0: huge opportunity. Because I genuinely think... I've not really changed in character since I was eight. So that's over 40 years ago, Yeah, over 40 years ago now. Um, I've not really changed. I mean, I haven't, first of all, I haven't really grown very much, mm-hmm. which is obvious, <laughs> but I haven't really changed in my character. So all the things I liked, uh, disliked, hopes, dreams, yeah. fears, things I thought I was good at, things I thought I wasn't really
1: good at and never would be.
0: I'll be honest with you. I don't think those things have changed they haven't. If I they say now, you
1: become fundamentally who you are in the first eight years of your yeah, life. Yeah,
0: you do, and then it's set. Yeah. It's forged. It's like a blacksmith's, you know, the crucible in the is classroom. That? Well that's that's I that's a biological answer, I'm not I'm not about it. I'm not, I i do not understand the
1: That's how, crazy, isn't that, it? That like, you, you, but you know it is like, 48 set forty eight can say that I've not changed since I was eight.
0: But I haven't. I haven't. I got the same Neuroses, the same phobias, the same fears, the same daft ambitions that I think I'm gonna be able to achieve. I still haven't, the same um preference for friends or yeah. do you know what I mean? I, I I'm there's still the same fidgety enthusiasm and energy and <laughs> yeah. and uh, I'm damn gullible, you know, I love everybody, I trust everybody, and then yeah. I get shafted, you know, All that sort of stuff. That's not changed. That yeah. it just hasn't changed. And and what Put all that together into this amalgam that that case hardened and was called Andrew. I mean, the very idea of Andrew Hammond is a is a concept, isn't it? I mean,
1: yeah,
0: that's a, that's a construct.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: what, what is Andrew Hammond? It's this construct that I have of myself. Yeah. None of the components that make up my body know that they're called Andrew Hammond for no. God's sake. It's a construct. It's just a, it's a thing we made up. Yeah. And um, that was all put together. By my mum and dad and my brothers and my extended family. And yes, absolutely by my teachers. And it wasn't from them teaching me about verbs. It was the way they treated me. Mm. It really was actually. And it, I was very lucky. I, I, had a, I had a good education. I enjoyed school. Yeah, I still miss that form teacher whom I love. Yeah. Loved. I really do miss him, you know. Yeah. And maybe that's the reason why I went into it. But I think it probably is. But I do think that um, I would have not properly
1: changed. Mm. Do you
0: think that you have changed then? No. In terms of your
1: character, <laughs> no, I don't think I have. I think I, I think You're I mean, still the same. Just when you were saying that, I was thinking, you know yeah, what? Well yeah, you... I'm still a geek, like <laughs> at heart. Like I'm still an idiot. I mean, still, like... Like, I still like a lot of the same things. Like I was a big music fan at eight years old. Yeah, great. I still am. I was big into like nerdy things like science fiction and history. Yeah, there's still, la- I'm still really? like that. I'm yeah, still like that. You still like that? Always been the same. What a great mixture though. That yeah. Is. So I've always, the things that I loved then, I like big big into sports then, still big into sports now. Like the same, I love the same things. But how great yeah. right, if we said to teachers
0: now, A teacher who's just qualifying now, right? Mm. And it doesn't matter how old they are. They might have gone into teaching late. That sometimes works well. So whatever their age, if they're about to qualify and they're about to start school now, right? So September, they've just started school as a teacher. How brilliant, and it's daunting, but how brilliant to say to them, okay, you are not just delivering knowledge now. You're not just a knowledge delivery system. I know you've got your lesson plans. You've got your learning objectives. You've got your curriculum. Mm -hmm. Now, let's go and make people. Yeah. Let's do some people-making. Yeah. You know, let's let's set the mold. Yeah. Let's really help them find their mold, find what makes them tick, and let's help them to sort of do that. And that's a hugely motivating thing to do as a teacher. And most teachers, they want to move the dial. They want to make a difference. Yeah. And they want to help you find who you are. Yeah. What, what an amazing privilege to yeah. do that. I mean, it's a staggering thing to be able to do. Yeah. But in some schools, it happens intentionally from a head teacher or a teacher who is intentional about the culture and they're doing it, everything is deliberate to help children flourish. And then in other schools, it happens by accident and it's a happy accident. Mm-hmm. And in the very worst schools, the culture is a toxic one, which has happened accidentally, but nobody's been intentional about it. They haven't noticed that you've got uh, a culture of fear, a culture of competition, mm-hmm. a culture of rivalry, mm-hmm. a lack of care. Uh, and and that has a massive impact. Well, we've just we've just ascertained it has an yeah. impact on you. Um, and the rest, frankly, is about unlearning and unpicking. Then,
1: do you think we could go too far? And that's far, a great though? shame.
0: In in what in terms in of like, trying to care for the whole childhood?
1: No, not, no, I don't mean that. I mean, do you think that as society is becoming politically correct on steads that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, Do I know what you mean? Of course I do. That we're becoming politically correct on steroids. And now that they're talking, I'm hearing that they're talking about having no winners on sports day. No one can win. What's the point? But are like, they? Is that the Daily Mail again? I don't know. I don't read the
0: Daily Mail. No, I know you don't. I'm so sorry. I'd have to ask to you about it. the Daily. <laughs> Ma- I don't read the
1: Daily Mail, but I know
0: someone who does. Yeah, <laughs> I live with someone who does. Uh, I know lots of people who do. I don't know. Is is that true? I don't know. I'm not in school. Is it? Is that? Have you heard this? I've heard it, but I think it's BS. To be honest, do I don't think it's the case. I think it's 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 exaggerated. It's an inflated view. I, th- I think the reality is. Um, it is about taking part, you know. It's not actually just I know I know a lot of people say, No, no, no. It is literally just about winning, Andrew. That's yeah. the whole point. It's about winning. Yeah. I, I come from the from the school of thought that thinks it's actually about making sure everybody, as many people as possible, can take part so I used to coach rugby you never believe it but yeah. I, did. I was a very little rugby player yeah. and I was a good one a little scrappy one
1: but you were about, it was little and I, fast
0: I was yeah <laughs> and uh nobody used to want to tackle the little small knobbly ones yeah you know tackle the the, the bigger the big chaps you know yeah, a bit yeah. more bit more comfy you know yeah. what I mean sorry but you know the little knobbly ones like but yeah. anyway and I used to coach rugby yeah. uh all that I loved it absolutely absolutely loved that but um, I remember being 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 sent off a couple of times, actually, for kicking in the scrum. Yeah. I thought, you know, really, really quite tough. Actually, somebody just grabbed me and just oiked me upside down, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. And I can't remember the point I was going to make, but it was a really important one about about coaching. Oh, no, I'll tell you what yeah. it was. When I was a rugby coach, my main ambition was to try and get as many people in my wider team yeah. a game. Right. And if it meant pulling players off when they yeah. were in their prime in order to get through si- 16 substitutes that were on the line and the yeah. parents were waiting to see them play yeah. and you've got to give everybody a few minutes each yeah well, i'm sorry i'd go for that yeah i always go for that so maybe that's kind of the point of this inflated view that you've, you've heard which is that it's not about winning um, i think there's it's no about, competition
1: i think it's about both i think like if you destroy a culture of winning you're going to create that's nonsense. Yeah, I agree. You're going to create a society of losers where no yeah, one's driven enough to be... And there's no ambition. There's yeah, no ambition. I agree. I agree. But at the same time, I think within that winning culture of like, look, I'm going to run a race. I'm going to try and win it. or I'm going to do my best to win it. I might come second. I might come third. I might come fourth. I might come last, but I'm going to try my best. Well... I've got a good story about this because
0: yeah. I actually managed to get into the school's cross country team, Yeah. and we were taken off to Giggleswick up in Yorkshire yeah. for the county championship. I I am a former county championship cross country runner. Right? Really? I'm quite prelly. Yeah, you wouldn't think it, and you know why? It's because on a on a on a Wednesday afternoon when we had games, and we and in the term that we had cross country. I and, and two or three of my mates, we, we, all, we all had to do the lap of the of a nearby sort of little woodland. And you did four laps of the woodland and back yeah. to school. And I set out with my two mates with my little pack of, you know, 10 pack of silk cut and a yeah. little pack of, uh, of matches tucked in the back of my socks. And on the first lap, we all dipped inside, we all nipped inside the, the forest. Yeah. And we puffed away. Yeah. And then we timed it just right that we joined on the final lap. Yeah. And then we went back to school. And we did that every week, every yeah. week. I'm now admitting, by the way, this yeah. is what we did. <laughs> uh, apart from this one time when we did it and uh, we mistimed it. And we actually joined the front runners on the last lap back. Oh, wow. Which meant that we were in the top top 10 you know oh. so I, I, I had my punishment I had to be uh, sent on the cross country county championships amazing isn't it because wow. they, and I, I, even when had t- and the headmaster read out the results at stage in assembly the next day I think he was even, even he was quite shocked to see my name on that ah, I
1: mean, what's he doing here?
0: so that's why I can say but I, I I was ambitious about winning Yeah. but I didn't want to think that if I'm not going to win, I am therefore a loser.
1: Exactly. That's the bit I'd challenge.
0: Do you I challenge. I think mean? he's
1: got. I think the. I think the celebration of effort is where is what there should be. I think no effort, you should lose, yeah, and yeah, you should yeah. and you should feel what it is like to lose. You don't try. Of you, course, get, you get the of result you of not trying, which You'll is losing. You'll never try otherwise. Exactly. You'll never try. And I think I think, You're I think cotton. cotton wooling that out. Yeah, I agree. No effort equals no reward. I agree. And, I agree. And they people should experience. The harsh reality of what life will be like if you don't try.
0: <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. I just
1: love the way you say it.
0: <laughs> Cause I bet you won't say this to your own to your own. I would. Or maybe you will. I would.
1: Maybe I definitely will. would. So you don't try, you're gonna get nothing. You're gonna be nothing and no one, and no one will respect you. But if you put effort in, even if you're shit at it, even if you're crap at it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I agree as with you. As long as long you have try, a go. as long as you try. Amen to that. I agree with that completely. I agree think that's with all. That. You don't need to win. I agree with. Try that. and win. Obviously, whether you win or not, but
0: but the problem is, it's not just on the sports field. The way that school is designed, yeah. going right back to the idea of the introduction of formal standard examinations for everybody, so yeah. 150 years ago, the way it's designed. It is sorting and ranking. There are winners and there are therefore losers by definition. And that's the bit I have a problem with. That's why I don't want to use the same system of of measuring and uh, uh, grading Mm -hmm.
1: on the hidden curriculum of attitudes and behaviors and and well-being. I honestly believe we should be coaching children to embrace failure with both hands because I think without being able to take the failure, what it feels like, and to get up, go again, lose, fail, whatever it takes. That's the bit. isn't Get up, it? go again. Get up, go but again. I used get to call up, go it again. fail. I mean,
0: it's a typical thing that I might do in the classroom, but, and I'm sure you've heard this before. But to fail, a fail in 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 my classroom was always first attempt in learning, and that's what the that's letters a, stand for. I, I love that. That's first brilliant. attempt in learning is fail. Yeah. And I I I was a real champion of yeah. failing. I'm There's bloody a lot good of negative at failing, failing,
1: you know? stigma attached to the word failure mm. and failing and. And it, it, it's almost like weakness and inadequacy, and mm. all mm. these negative connotations are associated with the word failure. But mm. I honestly, everything I've ever achieved in my life, and I'm, I'm proud, I'm proud of of, of the of, of my accomplishments it and how far be. I've come, is a result of multiple failures. Well, is it's Jeff. F-
0: it, 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 wasn't it Jeff Bezos? I'm sure it was Jeff Jeff Bezos. I, I heard him interviewed on Radio Four. And he was saying, um, at Amazon, we are words to the effect of, I think, or maybe even literally, we're very, very good at failing. We've failed many more times than we've
1: succeeded. Because pe- why it's people so only now. remember the win? That's right. They only remember the win. They, the they look at you and say, oh, a very successful person." That I'll say, really, on on paper, I'm just the biggest failure ever. <laughs> Because I've failed a million more Good times. Good for you. Yeah, but... A million more times. But you keep going. You keep going. Because eventually you get it, right? You if going. you learn and you keep trying, learn, oh, why did I fail that time? Oh, I did this one. Right, I'll get up. Go yeah, again, but the st- yeah, but the, stake, the stakes are high in school. Mm. You can't afford to fail. School should
0: be the safest place to fail, right? Because it's a practice for life. Yeah. School is a practice for life. Unfortunately... Many children experience the reverse of that—that mm-hmm. that you're and you're written off—and and not by the teachers deliberately, just by the system. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, if you fail in school, you might get a bit of red pen. Yeah. <laughs> you might you might even get a lower grade. Yeah. That can sometimes serve as a self fulfilling prophecy do you see what i mean so it we must be able to liberate children to be able to say right this is not being graded today this is not going to be marked we're not i'm not going to write on this one let's all have a go and i don't think that happens enough Mm -hmm. i think uh, what we call sort of no grade marking or uh, should happen more often but then as soon as you say something like we shouldn't have grades at least for this period of time. Couldn't
1: we grade on effort?
0: You're accused. Well, they are. I mean, there are schools. That's why I've worked so hard on the hidden curriculum because, and the hidden learning program, as I call it, all that, because I've been in many, many schools, worked in schools where we have every half term, you have an academic grade and an effort grade. Mm. So it might be an academic grade, which is a letter, an effort, which is a number one to five. So if you get A1, that's brilliant. Yeah. A lot of people got B2, B3. And the number is the effort grade. The problem with that is, what does that mean? Mm. Well, how, we need to drill down a little bit deeper into that because, frankly, the effort grade is a great deal more important than the academic
1: grade. I'd, I'd say I so. I mean, of course it is. So we need to drill into that a little bit more. Because the the academic grade can fluctuate yeah. according to the, a person's ability or how what their effort thing is. Let's say someone's put, I've got a 10 for effort and they've got a, an E or an F, right? It's a cruel result, right? But it, it's a reality, It's a, you know... Tell you what, if you try to get into the music industry, most people will get that result. Right, okay. They'd get a 10 for effort, and they'd get an <laughs> F. Right? But they're resilient, they keep going. But you've got to keep that 10, and then you might get an E a yeah, year later. Good, you keep good that lesson. 10, good you lesson. might get a D yeah. and, and then a C. And eventually, very few, which is why there's not many people that are successful in the music industry, some get an A. But hardly any.
0: Of course. I mean, I, I got A's in the lowest effort grades, you know, when I was at school. No, I didn't. I'm I bet you lying. did. I <laughs>
1: didn't. I absolutely didn't. I
0: am your archetypal yeah. B grade student. Yeah. Uh, second 15 for rugby. Second mm. 11 for cricket. B grade all the way through. Yeah. Um. And but I didn't apply myself. I should have worked. I could have. I, I wished I had worked even harder.
1: Yeah.
0: Why to get a whole load of A's? No,
1: I'm not bothered about that. I was an but extreme to, either. Really good. Oh, or you? Really shit.
0: No, I there was consistently was not, average. Really.
1: There was no. There was. Mm, now as I have a U's, like I've got, I've got, I've got a few U's, got a few E's. Was that
0: a badge of honour? Were you so proud of those? I mean.
1: <laughs> I did laugh actually. I got a U in my G- one of my GCSEs. I didn't think I got. I got terrible GCSEs. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. I mean, in this office, I'm the least qualified. I'm the least educated. Really. Out of everyone, out of all my team, out of all my staff. It's weird and yet that without
0: it. your efforts and your yeah.
1: resilience, you, you wouldn't have this company. So They've you? all got. De- you've all got degrees, haven't you? I not got a degree in here Oh, Haley, my business partner. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, but I think that just goes to show. Like in here, technically, I'm supposed to be the boss, but I've probably got the least GCSEs, the least academic results whatsoever, no no degree, nothing.
0: But... Well, I'm the only one that went to university in, in my family. I By yeah?
1: far, really? the least
0: successful financially. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you doing a to university?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think my, my, my younger brother, um, many years after working then did an MBA right. uh, whilst working, sort of thing. Right. Like I'm the only one that went to university yeah. uh, uh, when I was younger, and um, uh, but that's because I wanted to teach. I mean, that's why. You know, I didn't well, you can't go be just a teacher to, without going to uni. yeah. I didn't want to just go to university because I just wanted two three years. Of <laughs> <Off>. <laughs> Fun. I don't. I don't <laughs> agree with this about. idea that everybody should go to university. Why? Because I don't right. think university is the only way. Yeah. I don't. I think there are other just as important, valuable ways of uh, bettering yourself of mm. uh, gaining a career you know isn't it? Uh, again it's that cookie cutter there's an assumption isn't there in school that everybody's gradually on the road to university and a few people won't make it mm. that's BS that is you know it really is you know what there's though? other I am, options I,
1: I do want Kyra to go I do want my daughter to go to university I'm not really why? I'm not that bothered why I don't know because I always part of me like always feels like oh would I have done better if you got a degree, yeah. If I'd gone to so, university, yeah, I had that experience that of going to university. That's that
0: myth. That's a myth. I don't know who's who's peddling that myth, but I think that's a myth. I
1: think my dad. My dad's very like traditional education. Like he's got that sort of. I know what you
0: mean. He he would attach great importance to yeah. this idea of um,
1: because they, they do they do over there still. You know, it's like it's still quite it's still. A, I mean, they do here, but I think it, in India, because there's such a variety in social climate that to not have an education is almost a death a death sentence over there. So- Is it a sort of class system? Um, I just think it's the working opportunities. If you don't have an education, you're just not competitive at all to get a decent job because the population is just so high. Then there's just so many people who are living on, you know, below the poverty line that to not, to even dream of not having an education or a good education would just be, you know, it'd just be a death sentence. Wow. Does that mean that teachers
0: and teaching and, and learning uh, enjoy high status over there in terms of how they, it's yeah,
1: most definitely. Higher than my auntie and my cousin, they're all teachers Wow! over there. And you know, what, actually wow. they, they've got a really interesting business. Actually they, so they are, they're math teachers, but they teach like advanced maths. To like children, like six, five, six, seven year olds on an abacus. Wow. And it's like it just shows, doesn't it? You don't Yeah, it's like the mental like arithmetic ed-tech. on a. Yeah. Um, and apparently, like. Yeah, that's my, interesting. My dad was saying that they're doing like these crazy equations that are six and seven year olds on an abacus. Wow. But I mean, over, that's what I mean over there. It's a lot more competitive. Well, I think uh,
0: I, I think you should join your uh, your relatives and become a teacher. I think you'd be a bloody brilliant one, actually. And I tell well, you, what if would I thought I'd you'd teach? be rubbish. History, duh. But what you've got is passion. It's your passion. I think you've got to have passion. Yeah. And you've got to be. I, I love to say this mantra. It makes me sound an absolute idiot. I like to say, I'm not a teacher. I'm a learner. I mean, I sound like an idiot saying that, but it's true. But you're a learner, but <throat> you're, I make them all up, but you're a learner. Yeah. And that's the key bit, isn't it? <clears throat> I so enjoy I do, learning. You do seem insatiably curious <clears throat> to yeah. learn more.
1: Yeah. You do seem that. Unless what, just, what, is the know, world, what is the world if you're not learning from it? What's the point in life?
0: There you go. I'll have that. I'll nick that. Thank you very much. It's another saying I'll have. But it, yeah, do you know the what great I mean Nick, I heard from the great Nick and he said, Nick What's the great. point of learning? Oh no, I missed it out. What's the point of life if you're not learning? Yeah. No, but but that's the point. That's the point. So in other words, it isn't a case that um everything you teach as a teacher, you're just teaching. So that yeah. lovely Mayor Angelou. Yeah. Uh, of course, brilliant Mayor Angelou quote that people may not may not always um, remember what you they may forget what you said, but they'll yeah. never forget how you made them feel. And I think you would make you would help children to feel good about themselves. Yeah. They'd be inspired by. I think that's what this discussion's turned into. I'm quite pleased where we got to. This is
1: a campaign to get you teaching. Recruit me as a teacher. Yeah,
0: I think you'd be really, really good. Actually, no, I, I think you'd
1: have a sense of I'm fun. I'm too undisciplined. Um, nine till three every day. No way. Ah, oh, no. It way. does require huge reserves of self-discipline. No, I couldn't be too rigid. Too. Nine structured. till three. Nine till what? It's what? eight till eight. Oh, Come on. No way. I've never met a teacher that's managed to. I'd do last nine a till week. Three. I'd last about two days. Well, I must admit
0: I've had the uh, best part of my career in teaching and um I'm looking forward very much to getting Literally. into it again, yeah. you know. And uh, and the reason for that is I miss being part of somewhere um where you are genuinely seeing growth
1: yeah. in
0: children and you're just seeing them start to and with your gorgeous little one, yeah. you know, her teachers yeah. will and you obviously yeah. and Haley will gradually see her arrive yeah as her yeah that's and amazing it's like a russian doll you know and, yeah. and then you get to the, the biggest version yeah at the age of eight a few years yet yeah she's arrived and to have a hand in that to, to, just to be just play a very small part in that yeah. it's not about legacy for me yeah it's frankly quite selfish because i just want to do what motivates me which is to be there when children find themselves. Yeah. And that's, she's not defined by the grades that she, will I'm sure she'll achieve brilliant grades, yeah. but she, she won't be defined by the grades that she'll achieve. No. She's defined by her own quirky sense of humor and her charisma and her character. A bit, and her big hair. And at the moment, her big hair, <laughs> yeah. hair her, her big hair. I mean, she's just unique. And, and what she wants, and I would have thought as parents, well, certainly, I don't know whether you're the same, but certainly for me as a parent, I just want. Teachers who will know my kids like I know them, yeah. and love them like I love yeah. them, and and if if you get that right, and take care I genuinely of think everything else follows. Them. You start with love, and you kind of work out from there. And and you know, bespoke, tailored teaching is about knowing the children in front of you, and not not going for the cutty, cookie cutter approach mm-hmm. of widgets, uh, which might be an easier life for you, frankly, but that just doesn't it doesn't cut it anymore. Literally, yeah. it just doesn't work. You have to really get to know the child and fight because i I always think you can teach pretty much any children anything yeah as long as you have to go through your entire toolkit until you get the right method yeah that works with that child yeah or the right i was an english teacher the right book yeah captivates their interest yeah Yeah. and and i think that's what that's what teaching is about it's a big ask Mm. it's a big ask it's a big job you know but hey there are lots of other difficult jobs teaching's
1: not the only one (laughs) what i'd really like to do is because i don't I know that you're going back to to being a head teacher. I am. Yeah. Um, Looking what, forward to. What What I'd like to do is in six months' time do this again. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't even want to talk about education. Yeah. But I'd like enough. to see. I'd like to see how what what the reality is like now post pandemic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I well. I'm. I'm so desperate to see what that's like now. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm under no illusions. They have had a proper, proper rough ride, a yeah. really tough couple of years, no question about that. But it, it, it's actually because of that that I think I'm drawn again to to, to hunker down, to join the war effort, and to yeah. be part of that um, community where you. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's amazing where I'm working at the moment, by the way. Mm. Brilliant company, great values. Yeah, amazing. And I'm going to stay close to them and, yeah. and do lots of work with them already. Uh, I continue to. But you know, at the moment, it's difficult to join a recorder club on a Tuesday or go and go and teach some philosophy or go and run a book club or go mm. and coach a rugby team. How do I do that? Mm. Who, who do I do that with? You know? yeah. There are there are magical things that happen in a school. Yeah. That once you've experienced them, you just miss them. Yeah. You know? But yeah, hey, I'd love to come back. Uh I might be a bit
1: greyer, probably yeah. a bit more, more
0: stressed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I think some stress can be good for you.
1: Yeah. I do, actually. I think that. Just not too much.
0: Oh, yeah. I think you can overdo it. Yeah. And I'm not saying, hey, teachers, it's great to be stressed, isn't it? I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I think just a little bit of stress to keep you you pepped up.
1: Yeah. Keep your eyes white.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But um, we'll look forward to it. We'll see what happens. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, You're welcome.